and welcome back to another episode of Growing Pain. I'm Jess. And I'm Jen. And with us we have Jade. Yep. Uh, you're who's... giving the ergo baby carrier a go, Who's looks like she kind of wants to wake up a little bit. She's strapped to me at the moment. Uh, it took a, quite a while for us to put her to sleep. Um, but, um, yeah, I think she's probably going to wake up at some point. She's actually awake right now. But we'll see what happens. She's staring up at you. It takes a lot of a lot of butt pats to uh, to get her to go back to sleep. Actually, um, we're recording this episode uh, for YouTube as well. Uh, at least we're gonna we're gonna give it a go anyway. So hopefully you'll see this pop up on our YouTube uh, channel, Jen and Jace, J E N N and Jace. I wonder if their microphones just caught our little three month old burping there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but where we left off last time was uh, you're about to deliver Jade. Mm. Well, you're not about to deliver Jade. That would be really weird, wouldn't it? Is, is it? Is it you delivering Jade? No, uh, it's the obstetrician delivers and you just... And I just... You do, do, the, I, you do the push. Yeah, I do the pushing. Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, do you want to take it over from there? Because, I, I mean, I, I know what I remember. I know yeah. what I saw. Yeah. I, I saw it all. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but what what sort of happened? The, the epidural kicked in, thank yes, God, and the, then yeah, the epidural finally kicked in after two tries. Um, if you are listening from our last episode, excuse me, um, and um, it was it was time for me to start pushing as I was ten centimeters dilated, ready to go, um, and um, and the obstetrician said, you know. We know that you can't feel anything down there, so we'll have to guide you through the pushes. And, th- and that does happen. Like, um, I think ideally the epidural is supposed to be working up until you're about to push and then they sort of wean you off for the last half an hour to an hour so that you actually can feel what you're doing. Um, that's the ideal situation. But sometimes like the epidural might have um, kicked in too late, um, in which case that's what happened to me and the obstetrician and the midwife is there to sort of guide you um to deliver the baby yeah and um so I think what they did is that they monitored the CTG machine and to look at when I had contractions and it was during when I was having the contractions that I would start pushing so they would count about 10 seconds and I would push um, continuously, really, really using all my force, and um, and then I would sort of back off, relax a little bit, and then um, and then I'll go again after the next contraction. So it's about two to three minutes contractions um, time in between each, and then um, I pushed for I th- what I think was maybe about twenty minutes. Could be longer, could be less. Um, you know, it's quite hazy at, by by that time because I was so exhausted. Um, but I did not feel anything except of the obstetrician just going, you know, push, 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 push. And then I would do it, um, use all my force, even though I couldn't feel anything. Um, and then she would go, you know, like I stop and then um, I'll stop. And like it was Jason, um, my obstetrician and another midwife. And they were super encouraging, just going, you can do it, you can do it, push, like use all your energy. And then like, um, I, in my head, like I always imagined me just going, like, you know, really, really primal, like just screaming and stuff. But I think I was just so tired by then that I was literally not making any sounds 
apart from just pushing. Like, I can't even remember, but I don't think I made a peep. It, it's funny because we went into the hospital a couple of times before and we were obviously in the section where, where people are having children yeah. um, just for general checkups and stuff. And you hear these noises and they are very primal. And, yeah. and during the, the antenatal classes, they're explaining, you know, it is a very primal sort of thing. Mm. And it was kind of cool being in there at the time for our checkups because you hear the... Uh, you know, you, you hear the sort of... It amps you up. I guess it does. Yeah, you, you hear like the, the roar of it all. And yeah. they, and when they say primal, it really does sound like, yeah. I don't know, a ape or like a, a something. Yeah. Oh, I can't quite explain it. But then you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And there's a lot of anticipation. You're waiting for that, that cry, right? Mm. Because, I mean, up until this point, I hadn't seen any videos on a, a child being born. Or at least I never remembered seeing anything like that when yeah. I was, you know, doing like in school or anything. Mm. And... Um, and yeah, so that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for that indication, and it's like it's like really heartwarming, I guess, to to hear that. Yeah. Um, but with you, you didn't really make those noises, oddly enough. Like, yeah. and I mean, we well, I filmed it. I asked permission to film it from you. It was something that we organised in advance, and and you know, we asked our um, obstetrician, you know, is it okay to film? They're like, of course, like mm. we encourage it. Um, and, and that's what we did. You know, obviously those videos are for us. We're not going to put that on YouTube. No. It's a bit personal. Um, but, you know. It, to the highest bidder. To no. the highest bidder, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it, yeah, it was just that, that part of it was amazing. And it was, it, it wasn't as, like it wasn't gross. It wasn't, you know, a lot, there's a lot going on, obviously. Mm. But I think the biggest, the biggest concern and part of the reason why they encourage you to push and then sort of slow down and stop and everything is, is to prevent tearing, right? Yeah. yeah. Like what's, what's the tearing about? <laughs> um, well, there's obviously, um, well, not obviously, a lot of people don't know about this, but that um, you could be um, at the risk of tearing between your, um, I think it is vagina to your... Um, like anus, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I actually got a second degree tear, which is probably the most common. Um, it's where you tear the skin and the muscle, um, but it's not um, so bad that it's sort of like... Tears all the way. Yeah. it doesn't. It's not so bad that it tears all the way. I think like tearing all the way is like fourth degree. Um, and first degree is where you just tear the skin, which like I think is not that common because once you've torn the skin, it's most likely you're going to be tearing the muscle. So second degree um, tearing, which is what happened to me, is the most common and it requires stitches to be done after you deliver the baby. Um, and it usually takes about 20, 30 minutes for the obstetrician to stitch you up. Um, which is what happened. And I am so glad I could still have my epidural in full effect when that happens because, I mean, a lot of women, you know, like they don't feel anything down there by the time they deliver the baby because it's just so much pain down there. You're probably... I imagine adrenaline probably has something to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure adrenaline does help. But, you know, I couldn't feel anything because I couldn't even feel um, her coming out during delivery. So I didn't feel any of the stitches either. (laughs) Right. Um, but yeah, I think when she finally came out, I felt a little bit of my sort of tummy going down and there was like a little bit of a relief. Was it all just pressure though? Yeah. Like there was no pain? No, there was, there was zero pain. I could feel a little bit of like that deflation of, of my of my tummy. So when, when the, the obstetrician is saying to you, push, 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 stop, you mm. could feel, you knew you were pushing, you knew you were stopping, right? 
I could, yeah, like, I mean, I know what muscles I need to use. So yeah. that, like, that was fine. But I couldn't feel that I was pushing anything. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any feelings down there whatsoever. But I knew what muscles I was using. So, yeah, it was good that they would guide me through when to stop. Because, like, I could probably just be pushing and I would get, like, a much worse tear, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, the fourth degree tear doesn't sound great. No. Either does does what you have, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. For me, like just from my perspective, it it really didn't feel like you were pushing for all that long. And I guess in the grand scheme of things, like we were there for so long, we were there for you know a day or felt like two days even. Um, yeah. And and then you know all of a sudden it was over. Yeah, I think um, like the pushing was honestly the most um well the least dramatic and the least i guess traumatic part of it yeah um partly because i couldn't feel anything and partly because like that was the end like i knew i was on the home stretch and um you know it didn't matter like how long i was going to be pushing for i knew like at the end of it i was going to be able to hold hold this baby so um i was like putting all my energy into that part of it and um and luckily, I think I only pushed for about half an hour or, or maybe even less. And uh, she came out. Yep. Or so they told me. I mean, I didn't really feel anything. But, um, yeah, she came out. And um, I think I her she was wrapped in the umbilical cord or something. I can't remember. I, I actually don't remember that part either. And I haven't really gone back and looked at the footage. It's probably <laughs> something that we... Uh, that feels like a reaction video or something in the making, right? Where we watch we watch it all go down. But um, I don't really quite remember that bit. I do remember that when they asked me, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? Mm. And it was always explained to me that the umbilical cord, is it's like cutting calamari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I was super duper tired. <laughs> she's just woken up. Is she staring right at you? Like she's yeah. wide awake? Yeah, yeah. She's been awake for the last 10 minutes just looking around. You might get, you might pick up some baby noises, but that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if she knows she's on a podcast right now. The <laughs> little one. Um, but yeah, I remember they saying it's like cutting, like cutting calamari. Yeah. And so when the time came and they sort of presented it, yeah. Um, I remember that her fingers, her little fingers went in the way of the umbilical oh, cord. Right, right. The- but I was so tired and I was just like, I'm like for me, I mean, you had to do all this really difficult stuff, but I was just like, I've got to do the ribbon cutting, right? And (laughs) I've got to like, and I'm like, my whole job is just to make sure that I can cut this cable so that like, (laughs) so the cable so that the baby can be free. Yeah. And so when she, her little fingers went in the way of the umbilical cord, I remember that like my hand was guided away by the obstetrician sort of, it was like this like Tai Chi, like (laughs) sort of move where she like moved my hand away and then moved Jade's fingers away. And then was just like, do you don't want to cut the baby's fingers off? She said it very sweetly. I'm like, no, I don't. Like I was just, I I was just so tired and I was just like, I was just, I had tunnel vision about cutting this Mm. thing and it wasn't hard to cut. Mm. And I know a lot of, a lot of guys, from what I've spoken to, a lot of dads aren't keen on cutting the umbilical cord. It, it feels like you're cutting an organ. I guess you kind of are in a weird way. Yeah. Hello yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, I guess once once it was cut and, mm. and once she was sort of bundled up and handed to you, that was when it all kind of yeah. sunk in. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it sunk in at that point. All I remember was um, her being extremely slippery from all the 
bits and bobs <laughs> um and i just remember thinking oh gosh please don't let me drop her because you know that would be a disaster after all the hard work um but she was very slippery and very warm and um you know covered in slime and whatnot and um and just... is there like a technical term for the slime <laughs> It's just body slime. Yeah, like fluids. Embryonic fluids. Yeah, or something. different yeah. types of fluids. We're not doctors, obviously. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just I remember her looking quite like red, probably because she's just went through a very very tiny. Well, she has opening. to hold her breath for nine months, right? Otherwise, yeah. she drowns. That's not true. Don't don't, don't believe that. <laughs> um, and another thing, like this is the one other thing which I thought I would do, but I didn't do, is I thought I would just burst into tears. I really did. And I did not cry at all. Did you feel that you were going to? No. But you just always thought that you would? I did. Because um, before, like during pregnancy, I watched all these other women on YouTube um, give, like do their birth stories. And like when their babies popped out, they were like so emotional and I actually cried every time I watched them cry. I cried for them. And I remember thinking, man, what an amazing emotional roller coaster at the end of it, as if you wouldn't burst in tears. Like I just had so much emotions watching them. But when it was my turn, I think I was just, I, it was the equivalent of being sort of speechless and like, you know, just dumbstruck by the whole situation and like I think the combination of that and just being at the end of exhaustion I think I was just like I don't want to do any more physical things to make myself even more tired and I just didn't feel any tears coming I mean obviously I felt a lot of emotions but there was just no tears um and I always thought I would I guess I always thought the same thing you know like I'm a father now like you know We've been through this big journey together. But uh, none of that really hit either. Like, everything was just very, like, I don't even know what the right word is. It was just, there was a job to do. Mm. You know, the baby's here now. You know, now obviously the real, real, real hard work also begins. Not to say that what you did was was hard work, but at least for me, I didn't have to do anything other than support you. Mm. I didn't even have to deal with, like, you having any wacky cravings. Mm. If anything, you had no cravings during the pregnancy. I wasn't... I wasn't having to run off to, um, you know, KFC at three in the morning. I don't know what KFC is open at three, but I wasn't having to do that. Mm. Um, you didn't have any, you know. I had a loss of appetite, actually. You did, which is yeah. very strange because, like, prior to all of this happening, and, you know, for those of you who have been on Jen and Jace on the website and, and followed some of our stuff before, a lot of it was about food and cooking and so on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're big into your food. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of a sudden you just don't have an appetite. and. Interestingly enough, that appetite has never really returned even since having her, at least. You no. Know, you know, you're not particularly excited to go to any restaurant other than having the uh, the experience of going to a restaurant yeah. again. Because we, we obviously don't get to do that anymore. But, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel, to get back to it, I didn't feel ov- overwhelmed. I didn't feel anything really other than I have a job to do. Um, mm. I was focused at the time on like getting photos. I was like, oh, I've got to get good photos. Like that was because we we're being told right by so many people to yeah. like get to to sort of track down as much of that moment as possible, um, and to like have those memories um, because if you don't, you might regret it later on, thinking, oh, why didn't I 
why didn't I, you know, give more uh, to that day? Um, I, I honestly always thought that I don't want to be filmed or I don't want to have any photos taken of me when I'm delivering a baby, but I'm really glad Jason got, um, you know, a lot of the live footage and a lot of the photos because it's really special. <laughs> it's really special looking back on, on those. We haven't watched the actual birthing video. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch you'll, that. You'll, you'll be able to watch it. I, I remember when I saw her, I was just like, oh, she's actually like a good looking baby. And it wasn't it, like, I think all parents think their kids are good looking. Um, and, you know, it's subjective. Yeah. Subjective, objective. Subjective. Subjective. Thank you. Um, it's subjective. But like, I remember looking and going, oh, like she's a good looking baby. And they always, they would always say, like people would always say they, people would always say that like mixed kids look good especially like the caucasian like asian kids right Mm. and i just looked at her i'm just like oh like i can't believe we made this thing like you were an incredibly beautiful woman i'm clearly like punching above my weight here right so i wasn't expecting this and i point to i point to jade right now if you're not not watching this um i wasn't expecting this this little thing to come out um and you know we didn't really get we obviously didn't know what she was going to look like although we did have that morphology scan which is the 3d scan of the baby and yeah. I just remember she had massive lips. Yeah. I was like, she has huge lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, she's, a, she's a weird mix of both of us, hey? And a lot of, some people say that like, she looks so much like me and not like her mum. And like, mm. a lot of people I know go, oh my God, she's so much like Jen. Are you sure she's yours? And yeah. it's, just, it's weird how people perceive your kid and then how you perceive your kid. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that she does <laughs> that reminds me of you. Um, and she definitely has your like eyes. Like crying uncontrollably from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Extremely fussy. Yeah. Um, no, and and I think like that is really special, like to be able to see yourself and your partner in your child's eyes and characters, and it's really, really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We should take a quick break just to attend to Jade's needs because she's getting a little bit fussy, and we'll yeah. be back in just a moment. And we're back. Uh, yep. We've done a little bit of a role reversal here. I've <laughs> taken Jade. Yeah. And for those that are keen-eyed and watching on YouTube, my wine has changed from a red wine. That's not a red wine, is it? It's, it's like sparkling. What, yeah. what are you drinking? A sparkling wine. And mine is some sort of white wine. I know nothing about wine. But anyway, cheers. Cheers. Now, don't judge. Um, we have very little free time. Mm. Uh, prior to Jade being... Uh, born. Born. Or existing. Existing. Prior mm. to this occurring, um, we enjoyed a good wine. Mm. And you can't drink alcohol when... You're pregnant. You're pregnant. Mm. And by extension, I wasn't drinking alcohol, not because you didn't ask me to, mm. but because I lost my drinking buddy. So there's not a, a whole lot of whole lot of point. She's... She's, she's like looking at me, but like with her eyes sort of half closed. Mm. Mm, this isn't going well. Um, this, by the way, for us to return to this podcast took a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. um, a, a reasonable amount of time has passed. We had to take her away, turn on the range hood. Uh, mm. I don't know, for our international listeners, I don't know if it's called a range hood. Um, but a range hood is basically the thing that's over your stove that sucks up all of the... 
Yeah. The the steam. It's like and a the fan. Air I and guess. The smoke. It's a fan. Anyway, yeah. we turn that on because it's white noise. It works for our kid. Um, I'm all over the shop right now. So the wine. Mm. Um, we get to enjoy some wine here and there. I get to enjoy enjoy more wine than you do because mm. you're breastfeeding, mm. and you can only have a little bit. So if she sleeps for a couple of hours uh, while strapped to us, yeah, then technically the alcohol is out of your system. You can resume breastfeeding. Yeah. Although we don't really give her breast milk at this time of night anyway. No, we. Um, this is a whole whole different podcast that we probably will have to cover at another point um, about breastfeeding. But um, for Jade, uh, very briefly, we do give her one formula feed just before bed in the evening. Um, Weighs her down a little more. Yeah, I mean, there's no scientific proof, um, as I, as uh, people keep telling me, but it actually does work for her. Like, she sleeps for a little bit longer, probably because it takes her a little bit um, longer to digest the formula. Um, and, yeah, so if that's the case, sometimes I'll have a glass of wine knowing that I don't have to breastfeed. Um, it's, a t- it's the tiny, tiny things that you get to enjoy in life that, you know, makes a huge difference these days, I think. I feel like every episode of this we do, we have a little discussion about something. And alcohol, again, is a whole episode. Mm. Um, For those that do drink and that have to stop drinking, Mm. um, yeah, there's a big topic there. And it's not Mm. just around um, the health of the baby. Mm. It's around your own mental health and what you, you know, you might enjoy a glass of wine or beer or more Mm. to relax. Um, And... You know, and there's also, it's also what it does to you, right? It's mm. also about, you know, you, you all of a sudden, you know, you have, you have too much wine or you, you know, you go yeah. beyond your limits and then suddenly you don't feel as, you're not quite there. You can, you're not alert. You're not alert. Yeah. Um, your, your patience runs out. Yeah. There's, there's all sorts of stuff there. So wine is a, is a tricky thing. Um, yeah. And you can only, and there's, alcohol is a tricky thing. You can only have so much of it. Yeah. And there's going to be a wide array of opinions out there, I'm sure, yeah. about um, alcohol and, um, you know, well, definitely alcohol and breastfeeding, but also alcohol and um, raising a baby. And I think, um, you know, really, like, depending on where you are in the world, there's probably different regulations as well and, like, different um, medical opinions as well. In Australia, I find that um, the guidelines are quite um, what I would consider conservative in the sense that they definitely don't recommend alcohol during pregnancy um, and during breastfeeding. Um, but, you know, when I was pregnant and I was reading about um, different women's um, bre- uh, pregnancies around the world, a lot of the European can- countries actually say um, a, a small amount is fine. Um, uh, this is like medical doctors' opinions, Um and I guess it's just what you're comfortable with, you know, like what you think is deemed um, too risky and what, what you think is deemed um, not, un, uh, you know, unhealthy for your baby. And um, I definitely didn't drink at all during the nine, mo- nine and a half months I was pregnant, um, despite really, really loving my wine before that. Um, I decided not to have any. And um, now that, you know, we could sort of have a wine and, and still for her to sort of be safe, um, I choose to do that because it's something that I really enjoy. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're absolutely multitasking here with a, a podcast and a wine. But yeah. full disclosure, that's what we're going to be doing Yeah, if we have the opportunity to. Um, for those that choose to comment negatively, yeah. that's your prerogative. Um, but 
you know, we know what we're doing. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, we should probably get back to, to where we left off. Mm. So baby arrives. I'm taking lots of photos. Mm. I'm surprised our baby's a, a mega cutie. Um, <laughs> and they basically take, take her away for a little bit to do all the fun stuff like measurements and, yeah, so uh, this is interesting. I didn't actually know um, what would happen because not a lot of it really gets talked about or shown um, what happens after the baby's born. And suddenly a lot of the birthing videos that I watched um, just, you know, the baby's out, yay, you know, tears everywhere, and that's the end. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. And one of the first questions I asked and I felt silly asking was um, – I asked the midwife who delivered the baby, I said, so um, do you guys take her away for a bit and to do stuff? And then the midwife just said, no, 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 you, it, she's all yours. You, you like hold this, on this to her. This is it now. Yeah, this like, is it this now. This is it. Like from now on, she's she with you. never leaves your yeah, sight. Yeah, pretty much. And that's true. She never pretty left much. our sight. Not, not just in the hospital. Like she doesn't really leave our sight. No. Except at night. Except yeah. she's still in our sight. Yeah. She's like, you know, a meter away, mm. essentially. Mm. Um, a meter or two away. And if not, then she's on some sort of monitor. Yeah. Um, you're never not looking at your baby. Mm. And if you're not looking at your baby for too long, something's kind of wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, people would make you feel guilty about it, I think. Um, or you have a super chill baby. Yeah. Who which... just like sleeps all the time, which right. a lot of our friends have super chill babies. Yeah. Well, we didn't really get um, also get another that. podcast. But, um, we didn't get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I guess I just had this vision of how, you know, in like 90s movies when like the the woman has the baby and then the baby gets taken to a baby room, which is a room full of babies. <laughs> Um, and then the dads I mean, all look through the window. That's what I was imagining. I, I thought the exact same thing, um, yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, great. Now I get to actually sleep because I haven't slept for the last three months. Um, like now would be a good time for me to get some rest after being awake for like um, so long. Quite the opposite. But no, it's like this is it. You're the mum. You take care of her now. You do what you think. Now you're um, really going to learn about sleep deprivation. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did take her to weigh her and all that, but they were that, that happened in the room. Um, uh, they they did her measurements um, and did a few uh, health checkups, um, medical checkups, and then they just said, "Hey, you know, if you're feeling up for it, we're going to wheel you into the maternity ward." Uh, I should say, up until this point, we were in the birthing uh, ward, which is different to the maternity ward. Uh, um, a lot nicer. Yeah, or well, post Well, at least there's, a, there's less medical equipment around. Yeah. It looks more like a hotel room than a... Yeah, less sort of like primal screaming yeah. um, and more baby crying. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, by that point I was still I, ha- I was still heavily sedated by the epidural, so I couldn't really walk around. Um, I tried to sort of, um, with the midwife and Jason's assistants, go to the bathroom then waited maybe like an hour or so until the um, epidural wore off a little bit, um, and then they wheeled me up to the maternity ward, Yeah, which is where we stayed for four days. We did stay for four days. And for the international listeners, and I'm thinking more of the US because that's really all I know, Mm. um, that doesn't really happen. You don't really stay in a hospital for four days. It's kind of – some people get checked out like same day. 
Yeah, I I do have friends in the U.S. Um, well, I have one friend in the U.S. who just had a baby, and um, she got to stay in the hospital for I think four days as well. Um, I think depending on the hospital and the t- level of insurance that you have, um, and the type of delivery that you have, like whether it's C-section or natural, um, it really depends on how long. Like that would determine how long you stay. Yeah. But um, in Australia, uh, in Sydney specifically, where where I gave birth, um, through because we went to a private hospital. Um, and because I had a natural birth, so not a C-section, um, we were able to stay four days. And I think if you have a C-section, you can stay an extra day. Um, oh, and that's if your baby does not need to go into the um, the NICU, which is like the baby intensive care unit. Um, so, like for for people for babies that don't have to, it's four to five days basically. It's interesting because we we're in a private hospital and. Um, I don't know if we said this on the last podcast, but we're in Australia, we're in Sydney, mm. um, and and we had we had Jade at Westmead Private, mm-hmm. um, and when you go in there, like it very much is like a hotel. You know, mm. you've obviously got your own room. We had a double bed, um, we could both sleep in that bed, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and you got your little baby, little baby next to you, yeah. And they come around and they deliver food and. Um, you know, there's, you get that sort of whole experience. And then you've got obviously a lot of mo- other um, parents around. Yeah. A lot of other crying babies. Yeah. And a lot of people learning about what to do. Everyone's in the same boat. They are all in the same yeah. boat. The, the thing that's interesting and, and sort of before we move away from um, give, the giving birth part is that I saw a lot of women walking around who um, looked pregnant still. Mm. And I was always very confused by why these like pregnant women are in the area where the babies have already arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The postnatal. The, post, the yeah. postnatal, yeah. And and I always found that very confusing. But I think that the answer to that was that a lot of these women had C-sections. Mm. And apparently when you do have a C-section, um, you still look quite pregnant afterwards. The, the, the natural sort of swelling. Is that is that true? Or? So um, this is a, a common misconception that after you have a baby, you basically look like... Um, pre-pregnancy, which is definitely not the case. That's a YouTube, Instagram thing. Yeah. yeah um, so after you have a baby, you you definitely still look, I would say, um, fairly pregnant. Uh, if you have a C-section, probably maybe more so, although that's not my experience. But, um, you know, even though Jade is now out of me, um, I still looked, I would say, five months pregnant because there is so much of your body that's changed there is no way um for most women there's no way it w- you would look like you know normal pre-pregnancy self so i think that's something that jason was quite surprised by i was not surprised by because i knew but it was still kind of um confronting to see hey you know i don't have a baby anymore how come my belly's still hanging out um just, just to be very clear on this as well, I had um, no expectations about like Jen returning to like snapping back, snapping back. Yeah, like no. I, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those guys, and you know this, yeah. But I feel like maybe I should say this. Like I wasn't one of those guys. Was like I can't wait for Jen to go back to the way that she looked before, you know, before Jade was here. It wasn't yeah. that at all. It's just that I didn't understand how it would work. And, mm. 
Um, I didn't. I mean, truth be told, you never really looked that pregnant. And a lot of people mm. commented on the fact that you didn't look that pregnant. Mm. And you're like, oh, I'm eight months. I'm due tomorrow. <laughs> and people are like, are you sure? And then we see some people who are four or five months along and it looks like yeah. they've got like eight children inside them. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody is different in that regard. It's just that there were a lot of people around. And, and I think C-sections are far more common mm. than... People let on. Then people yeah. let on. And whatever you choose to do is whatever you choose to do. You can yeah. have an elective C-section. In Australia, they really do promote uh, – pro- I don't know if promote's quite the right word, but they they call it um, a major abdominal surgery. Yeah. Um, and I guess the idea is that they want you to only do it if you absolutely have to. Yeah. But there are a lot of circumstances where you do have to have a C-section. Absolutely. Uh, That's you know, outside of your control. It's the baby's positioning. It's where the umbilical cord is. Um, high-risk pregnancies. High-risk pregnancies. Uh, preterm babies. Yeah, all of absolutely. those things. And so there's a lot of reasons. But also elective um, C-sections are there because there's fear. And, mm. oh, man, I don't know. I, I can't help but feel if I was in your situation, like I wouldn't want to deliver a baby the way you delivered a baby. Um, in saying that, uh, you know, huge respect just in general for all women who have children and otherwise, but... Uh, doing a vaginal birth is just that's 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 like crazy like there's just <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, it's yeah physiologically it is crazy um I, I mean it happens every day but i think because of how it like how often and how common it is happening i think people just assume that it's just like oh yeah like you just you just have a baby but in, in saying that, I have heard, and I think you proved me wrong on this. I didn't prove me wrong. You just told me what the truth was. But um, that <laughs> when somebody has a C-section, that like the organs are removed from your body. Oh no, not I, all organs. Like just like like intestines and so stuff. Is I, that not true? So I asked my friend who had a C-section, and she said, "No, that's a myth." Okay. Or maybe it used to have happen in the olden days, but not anymore. Days, yeah. Um, I think in C-sections these days, what you do, what what they do is that they um, like cut, um, like, abdomen. yeah, cut through the abdomen. And then what they do is that they pop. So they p- apply pressure. So just like a, a pimple. Yeah. So they apply pressure just above um, where the baby is and they sort of pop the baby out. Right. Um, that's, that's also kind of gross yeah i mean it's definitely it's all, i think yeah. i think it's less confronting than knowing that you know your intestines are sort of on the table that that's kind of quite scary i mean if it happens it happens i mean like that's the reality of surgery i guess but um but i'm i'm i i honestly do think i'm quite lucky and i'm really grateful for the birth that i had for the delivery that i had despite it being extremely difficult and very painful for majority of it, um, I still consider myself quite lucky and it was fairly a fairly smooth delivery. Um, certainly the pushing part I thought was the easiest. It was the pushing part that was the easiest followed by the epidural that was the easiest. Everything else was like on the up, opposite end of the scale. Which is crazy to me because one of those is like a watermelon-sized thing yeah. coming out of... Not a tiny a, not, hole. Not a watermelon-sized hole. Yeah. And a giant dagger going into your back. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two things that, <laughs> that I consider. That were like the easy part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah. It's all relative, right? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, not that you need to hear this from a 35-year-old white guy, but basically 
whatever you choose to do, however you choose to approach the situation, however your baby arrives into the world, it's just the way that it was going to happen. Yeah. Don't stress about it. Actually, no, I can't say that. <laughs> uh, you can you can stress about it, but it just, from my perspective, it doesn't matter. Um, mm. As take that for what it's worth. Yeah, you obviously agree. Like, yeah, I think like I, as I talked about in the last last podcast, I definitely wasn't against the idea of a C section. So in the case of that happening. Um, I was totally fine with it. And I think it's hard for women who hold on to the idea that they must have a specific type of delivery or birth. Um, like when they don't get that, it's like a huge disappointment or like they feel like they failed some way. And I just, I feel like we should give ourselves a break and whatever happens, especially things that are outside of control, as long as your baby got delivered safely and um healthily that's really all that matters right yeah Mm. absolutely um but yeah look you know she arrives that we were kind of told that you would get like this big sleep yeah and i don't really (laughs) think that ever happened for you did it i i i only expected it because that's what happened to my cousin who had a really tough vaginal um she tried to give birth vaginally but it didn't happen so then after 21 hours of pain and several hours of trying to push they ended up doing an emergency section which is honestly i feel like it's the worst of both world um so i I felt really really bad for her experience but after that um she got this huge sleep i think it was something like she slept for something like 20 hours um but we didn't really get to have that experience because after I was wheeled um, to the maternity ward, it was pretty much just go, go, go. We were just bombarded with information. Not that it's a bad thing, but bombarded with information. Um, lots of nurses, midwives coming in and out, telling us what to expect, when to take, um, when to take painkillers in, in my, in my case. Um, what we are expecting, how the feeding works, and and so forth. I mean, I just felt like it was endless amount of information overload. Well, they give you a baby manual, right? They mm. give you they give you a a bag from uh, Gladys, who is our PM, uh, our premier, premier. Sorry, our yeah. premier. I know nothing about politics. It's really bad. Um, who's our premier uh, in in Australia? Politician, New South Wales. New South Wales. <laughs> thanks. I probably should cut this out. This is very embarrassing. Anyway, we'll stick with it. Um, we get this bag. It's filled with a whole bunch of stuff for your baby and, yeah. you know, pamphlets and shampoo and mm. just stuff that you Useful need. Useful things, yeah. Useful things. And you get a blue book. Yeah. And the blue book is the baby manual book mm. uh, that is basically gives you a lot of good information, but also it's milestones and, yeah. you know, when records. you get vaccinations and records and so on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the hospital that we stayed in was a uh, teaching hospital. Mm. Um, well, not, not so much a teaching hospital, but how do we quite explain it? Like it's like every private hospital seems to have like a good, like a specialty, I suppose. Like they yeah. all teach you what to do with your baby. But our particular hospital had um, a good... Uh, lactation Lactation. Center? It was like lact- good lactation consultants, good lactation yeah. centers that you could go to regularly. Um, and I think, you know, the SAN has, like, their own, like, sort of good division and stuff like that. Yeah. SAN being another hospital. I didn't – I mean, I definitely didn't do as much research as I thought I should, I would have um, going into which hospital to pick. Um, I mean, that could be an entirely 
you know, separate episode, um, one that I probably don't have a lot of information on. But we chose Westmead Private for, um, I guess, proximity to where we lived, but also um, they have a good reputation as well. They're also right next to Westmead Public Hospital, which is, you know, in case anything happened, there was like a, a public hospital with a lot more um, equipment and, uh, you know, expertise that was on hand as well. Um, so all of those were factors. Um, but what I found out later on is that Westmead Private has a really excellent lactation center um, where they teach you all the things about breastfeeding. And I am so glad that we had an amazing lactation center because I basically lived in that lactation center. I mean, I, I like I lived in the maternity ward for four days, but I think realistically I was in the lactation center like 40% of the time. Yeah. Um, especially at night when Jade was sort of crying a lot and not nonstop crying. I just didn't really know, you know, what was wrong. And I think breastfeeding, like we, we keep saying, could be an entire episode because there's just so much to know about breastfeeding. And I felt like the lactation center had all these um, lovely ladies who really, really knew their stuff and sort of assured me what I was doing was um, you know, a great job and they taught me a lot and were very, very patient. Um, and I, I'm very, very thankful that they had that at my fingertips, basically. Absolutely. And that's where we're going to leave this episode. Uh, for next week's, we're going to focus on breastfeeding, mm. um, which is uh, definitely a lot harder than it seems on yeah. everybody, on you especially. Yeah, especially um, at the beginning. Yeah, it, it definitely impacts everybody. Um, and yeah, as you said, that is absolutely a whole other podcast. Um, we really appreciate you listening again. Um, this should be the first episode that we pop up on YouTube as well. Uh, so we are on YouTube under Jen and Jace. That's Jen with two N's, J-E-N-N. Uh, we are now officially live on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, which is a fantastic Android app. I don't know if that's on, on Apple or not. Uh, Spotify. We're on Spotify as well. We're pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast. Hmm. Um, and we're going to continue doing this. We'll do the occasional YouTube episode. This is absolutely a trial run for us. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this this turned out pretty well from a video standpoint. Uh, and yeah, if for whatever reason you're watching this on YouTube um, and you want a little bit more info, again, go to our website, jenandjace.com, J-E-N-N. Uh, and also go ahead and listen to the first episode of Growing Pain there. Mm. Uh, so that you can sort of play catch up and like i said if if we do get some good feedback mm. um and you can you can email us at podcast at jenandjace.com truth be told you can email us at anything at jenandjace.com and we'll get it uh but if you just let us know or let us know in the comments that you would you know you want to see this in youtube video format you'd rather yeah. watch and listen rather than just listen uh please let us know and we'll continue to do it uh, a huge amount of work does does go into this um not a big fan of the whole like and subscribe thing, but truth be told, the only way that you're going to get any kind of visibility and standard amongst the crowd um, is that if people give you a review or, or, or give you positive feedback, any feedback really. So, so please do that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think I said it last time. I would love to hear um, different stories, different experiences. If anybody out there has questions. Um, specifically with anything that we've mentioned, um, 
or just wants to share their own experience, I, I would really, really welcome it. I, I love to listen to that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.